Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're getting specific. We're talking about a specific audience. What is your target demographic? How do you figure out who your ideal customer is, your ideal gamer for your particular game? And we're talking to Paul Goon Polipali from Dice Toy Labs in India. Paul Goon, welcome to the show. Hey, Gabe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share uh, you know, what's happening in this part of the world with you. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, I said your name uh, at least close enough to correct. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the show how global the the podcast is now, and I get to meet so many people, and I get to butcher names all over the <laughs> planet. And so, I'm <laughs> really excited to have you here. No, I think I think on a scale of one to ten, you got like a seven point five. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad from a guy from Alabama, man. Like we don't usually get we don't usually get above five on uh, any you know inter- international names, and so I'll take it. No, you uh, yeah, really. That's fantastic. <laughs> So that's Palgun Polepalli. There you go. That's the way you actually say it. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> uh, so, at least you made your company name really easy to say. Dice Toy Labs. I can say that all day long. So. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that you thought it's an easy name. Um, so here it's like, you know, the reason why we call it Dice is because D-I-C-E stands for Design, Intelligent, Complete, Engaging Toys and Games. So D-I-C-E. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. That yeah. makes a little more sense. Okay. So the mission statement is like, put in the name. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about specific audiences and you know how do you design with a, a specific gamer in mind. But before we get into that, who are you? How'd you get into game design? All that kind of thing. Um, I'm a typical middle-class family guy uh, in India who, like a typical Indian middle-class family guy, goes to school, engineering, does an MBA, joins a company, and then decides what you have to do in life. So so that was the typical process that we, uh, you know, I went uh, through as well. And uh, what really uh, pulled me into making uh, games and actually setting up the company were actually two main things. So one is uh, when I was you know, 10 years old, like literally 30 years ago. Um, my, I, I used to play uh, an Indian version of Monopoly. It's called Trade or Business in India. And we used to play this for hours. You know, we used to write down credit balances on a sheet of paper, which would go on like, you know, for like 10 feet and uh, store the game under the bed so we can play it again tomorrow and day after and stuff like that. And this was like in such a way that the game was not with me it was at my cousin's place and we had to go there every time and play and come back home and stuff so my dad decided to make a game from scratch so that gave me so much of information and i learned so much watching him do stuff about perfectionism about attention to detail so you know that was like something which really uh is going to be with me for a long time and 30 years later when i had a child you know, uh, have a six-year-old now. And then I realized there is so much of potential in India and there are no good games. There are like lakhs and lakhs of games out there in the world, but, you know, 0.001% of them actually reach India. And there is nothing which is which an Indian can relate to, right? There are stuff in dollars. There are stuff about uncle owning a farm. You know, we, we can't relate to those things. So, uh, yeah, it was high time we set up a company where, uh, we made India-centric games and uh, most importantly, super high-quality, cool-looking games. So that's that's the origin story of sorts. Awesome. And yeah, I've seen the, the pictures of your games on, on your website. They look phenomenal. They look like anything you would, you would find on an American store shelf. I mean, beautiful art, beautiful components, really high-quality stuff. And so I'm really impressed. Uh, by you. what you guys are, are doing over Thanks. there uh, in India. Or I say you guys, you, you're the only publisher in India, right? So actually it's just you, what you're doing in India. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's crazy. I mean, uh, it, it kind of hit us like, like a bomb, you know, when we realized this. Um, so basically what we, the way we work is, you know, uh, we work like a horse with blinds. So we don't see 
what's happening in the world, what game is being uh, published on Kickstarter and stuff like that, right? So we were focused on a very simple thing. Okay, we are in India and these are the constraints that we have. What are we going to make, right? So we designed a couple of games, uh, keeping everything uh, out, you know, we cut all the noise. So whatever we're going to design is going to be super unique, right? And then we realized we burnt our fingers big time with that kind of an approach. So that's when we realized, okay, hey, we have a huge population out there. There is a market. There are no vendors making products. Why? And we started understanding the whys and what's and, you know, all of that. And then we realized, okay, let's build an awesome model where we involve the end user in the process of our game design from day one. So we started building an entire community and we involve the community. We have like a 40,000 strong uh, followers on social media. And this was without even a product. So they just went with the mission statement that we're actually making something cool and something Indian. So yeah, it was a big, big task that we took up on us. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And it actually makes you really you know, uniquely positioned to talk about this this topic for the uh, podcast, you know, designing for a specific audience, designing with a specific gamer right. in mind. And so before we get into it, let's get a good working definition. What do you, what do you think that means exactly? So um, it's very interesting. I mean, the most, I mean, this goes back to the principles of any business, right? Who is your target audience? If you're going to make any product, you have to sell it to someone and this someone should want that product, right? So what we first started doing was defining our target audience. So we started realizing that India has crazy amount of exposure to Netflix and Amazon Prime. And, you know, we have millennials who are binge watching. We have Gen Z who is binge watching. We were like, okay, so these guys have a lot of exposure and they keep, uh, you know, referring to... Uh, uh, like, for example, Dungeons and Dragons and Stranger Things or, or Big Bang Theory or stuff like that. And they're like, hey, what is D&D? So, you know, that curiosity was there. And uh, we were like, okay, so the market is there. And, you know, who are the players in, those, in this market? So that's when we realized the basic demography of India is like, you know, there, there's a huge population which is less than 30 years. So that's what was awesome. And the second thing that we realized was, you know, there were absolutely no competition in, in this area because the, most of the people, India is a very, uh, you know, the parents kind of tell their children to study hard. Uh, they have to get the best marks. So it's a very education, academics oriented kind of, a you know, family lifestyle that we have here. So most of the products that you see are like, you know, chess or there's Sudoku or, you know, logical reasoning, analytical skills, something which helps with Mensa, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, that's when we realized it's so fragmented and there were friends of ours abroad who are playing Splendor and addicted to Catan and all of these games, right? So we're like, okay, we have to do something, but for the Indian, uh, you know, for, for the Indian, uh, India, make it India centric. So these guys can relate to the content, the storytelling, the messaging that we have in the games. So that was the kind of approach that we had. Now, what's the best way to get that insight, right? So the best way was to build a community first, see if there is a community first of all. So we pushed uh, the message that, you know, we're, it's high time India got cool stuff and we built a whole community. And then we are using this community to, to such an extent we engage with them almost every day by posting a question like, hey, we have this theme. Do you like it? You know, so it, that's the best part. And instead of going through the entire process and making a product and shrink wrap it and then push it into the market and not selling, it's better to involve them in the entire process because they actually feel that they were part of the whole journey, you know. And when the product actually comes out, they're like, oh, man, I want to see it because, you know, they feel that they had some input somewhere. So it's, yeah, fascinating things, but a lot of experiments. Uh, at the same time, we're figuring out what works and what doesn't. So it's pretty much like reinventing the wheel right now. Yeah, and it's such a good point about market research and going out and, and making sure that there's actually a market for your product before you make it. I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially creative people, we get excited about this new idea and this thing exactly. that maybe never has been done before. And we're so pumped about it. And we can't possibly fathom that other people wouldn't think it's awesome too, right? And so a lot of times we'll get out in front of our market and then, you know, put a put a game out there, put a book out there, a movie or something like that, mm -hmm. and nobody wants it. 
And it's like, oh, I just wasted all that time and effort and energy and money. And it's yep. like, I, I probably should have asked people initially, is this something you actually want? And, and it kind of reminds me that the idea is like, a lot of times we ask, can I or can't I, as opposed to asking, should I? Yeah. Right. And so it's not can you or can you know, can you or can't you make this game? It's should you make this game? Is there a market for right. the game? You know, if, if you're actually trying to publish it and, and sell it. And so I love the idea of building a community, asking them what they want, what kind of ideas they have. Yeah. And if and in India is a little bit different because you didn't already kind of have that built in exactly. market. in the States, in you know, Europe, different places. It's a little bit easier because you can go on Facebook and you can go into these board game groups and say, yep. hey, I've got this idea. I've got this game I'm working on. What do you guys think? And right. people will give you feedback. And you can find out really quick, oh, this is not a good idea. Or, oh, okay, people are really excited about this. Let me you know, go right. further. And I, I think it's so that's, important that's early the, on. That's the thing, right? I mean, uh, in, in the Europe and US, uh, you know, even in these communities or Reddit or Facebook, when you look at the questions they're asking, uh, like, for example, okay, I'm designing a game uh, based on gladiators fights or combats, right? That is cool because people know who a gladiator is. They know what a combat is. In India, if I said something like, you know, uh, we have to really look at uh, the cultural references here, right? Uh, because each state in India talks a different language. They have their own religion. Some of us, uh, you know, you know how it is, right? The traditions and the cultures in India, it's very, very thick. Um so it was very, very tricky for us and it's very risky as well. So if you're going to come up with a particular theme or a concept or a story for your game, it has to satisfy people's minds and not piss them off. So that, that was the best uh, thing, right? You put it all, all across right in front of them. Let them take the decision. If they like it, awesome. They just helped us with, uh, you know, uh, whether we can proceed or not. So, yeah. We involve them in the entire step, right? Even the prototyping, we show them the prototypes, even from the box art, uh, everything, the entire life cycle of a product. Gotcha. Now, when you're, you know, when you have an idea for a game, some kind of product you want to create, do mm -hmm. you kind of come up with the idea and then go to that community? Or are you going to the community and saying, hey, what do you all want? You know, give us some ideas. Like, tell me about that. So, yeah, uh, it, it's both ways. Uh, the community, as you know, always have ideas for you right they'll 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 keep telling you hey palgun you should work on this particular theme man or this will be cool why don't you bring back the ancient games of india and stuff like that so uh it was always like okay we set up this company to innovate so that was the core dna right we want to create new stuff invent you know be innovative with the products so that means people haven't seen it so uh at the same time we want their input as well so it was like both ways Gotcha. And so when, when you're working on a game, tell me your process for thinking through who the ideal customer right. is. Like, do you have like a written down thing where you really get specific yeah. or, or tell me how it works? So we did a market research. Uh, we, you know, we, we do a lot of uh, these events where we actually have face-to-face -face interactions with our target market. Like, like you know, events like uh, Comic-Con or a art convention where artists and you know that particular category demographic you know hangs out like the millennials and gen z so what we realized was uh you know over the last couple of years we realized that maximum traffic is coming from 18 to 24 year, uh, years old i was like wow okay so you know we've got the gen z in now we had to create content for them where it's as good as watching something on Netflix, right? Because that is our competition end of the day. It's like if this, uh, if you're if you're with friends, would you choose to play a board game or would you watch uh, uh, something on the TV? So that was something which we wanted to create. So that if that is the challenge, then our content has to be really good. So it goes through a very 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 strict and stringent process of filtering it out. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Your competition isn't only all the board games that are on the market are coming out. It's also Netflix and Hulu and right. all the different other means of entertainment that people have access to now. Like we live in such a, a noisy world, not just board games, but everything. And so it's something to definitely definitely think about. Right. So we, we started understanding that uh, what is it that Indian Gen Z wants, right? So we realized that they, uh, they love uh, products or content, uh, you know, which is gender equal. So we were like, wow, that's fantastic. 
because we, we we used to hate the whole fact that you go into a toy store and there is like a blue section for boys and a pink section for girls where you'd see only barbie dolls and stuff like that and it was nice that women and girls of gen z were actually hating that concept you know uh, they wanted to have action figures they wanted to have hot wheels they wanted to play board games they wanted to work with electronics and stuff so we realized it's gender equal and it has to be age neutral and it has to cater to millennials and gen z the themes and concepts and all of that and we have to break break the stereotype which is the indian stereotype right so it was is like a big 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 challenge for us and uh, i think all this can be uh, solved with communication so we have never just sat quiet putting one blog post and just pushing that one blog post for the rest of the year right so we keep putting content so that you build a personality of your company right so they can actually uh, relate to your uh, the company's personality so that's that was the first task that we took up and you know we we didn't have to work hard because we in, in, uh, you know intrinsically we were like uh, the gen z right there so we were like cool okay this is this uh, wavelengths are matching so next is all about creating content so what do we play with do we play with nostalgia or do we create something new or you know that, that was that was the thing right so we started looking at uh, all the themes and content and then we realized indian history has never been touched upon in any of these board games or or games uh, you know in general in general whether it's a mobile or a video game or anything right i was like wow okay that is a huge gold mine and we have a lot of content and history so yeah this is this is like the best time to be a board game designer and a publisher very cool and this is something you know i encourage people no matter who you are no matter what you're doing uh project wise or business wise this is something you definitely want to spend time on right so it was very interesting i mean we we have a huge uh, population who are new parents right and uh, they they want products which are safe for the child and uh, something which will uh, allow the child to learn or build some skills you know the psycho uh, analytical uh, skills like you do this it leads to this kind of uh, uh, actions so it was very interesting you know so this was the kind of population what are the kind of games that will work what are the game, kind of game mechanics that will work and uh, what is the price point that they're looking at because you know these guys are all college going students and uh, they meet anyway they socialize at a cafe or stuff like that if we had to convince them to pull out a game then we have to spread the awareness that board gaming is the most engaging medium out there because there's nothing else other than that right so it was very interesting so we started understanding okay so now even if these guys are gen z and they want this particular uh, you know the content should it be a two player or a four player or should it be two to eight players or will it be a solo or will it be simultaneous play should it be turn based play should it be competitive oh my goodness uh, the <laughs> amount of analysis that we had to do was mad right because uh, india is a very you know you know they, we celebrate peace right so competitiveness and war and stuff like that was never uh, part of any of the games in india so we were like okay the first game that we launched was called yuddhabhumi yuddhabhumi means battlefield and we were like uh, we were trying to explain to parents that what we are trying to convey through this game is that wars have always been there in india and there are so many things that happened during a war right you have leaders you have strengths you have you start analyzing the opponent's strengths and weaknesses at the same time uh, you know there are alliances being formed there are alliances being broken and you know a lot of things there's so many stories so what is the thing that you learn here what you learn here is that winning and losing is part of the game right so the child our children are generally so competitive they're like you lose you you the parents are trying to lose every game that they play with the child and now we are getting feedback from parents that they're so happy that you know if they play with the child they lose and if the child loses they play another game they play another game so they they kind of conditioning the child that it's cool to lose it's okay it's really nice we are glad that that's happening right now yeah and that's really a great point as far as something to think about if you are making family games is 
you know, does, does your game create moments for parents and, and kids to bond or to have these teachable exactly. moments or things that they're learning? Not that you're making an educational game, but that the, the concepts in your game lead to these experiences. That's a really, really good point. That's that's an amazing point that you just made. Moments and experiences is something that we thrive on, right? I mean, it's something like you play this game and you'll remember it 10 years down the line. You'll be like, oh man, this guy did this in this game and you laugh about it. So those are the moments we really uh, thrive to uh, kind of create during the games. Yeah, for sure. This is something I heard Eric Lang talking about a while back when he was designing Death May Die, which is this Cthulhu game, and you're just running around and, and shooting bad guys and all kinds of stuff. And he said the initial idea for the game was he wanted an experience where you could shoot Cthulhu in the face with a shotgun. And, he, and he's like, okay, and that's where he started. And he, he knew, you know, all, all sorts of gamers out there wanted a similar experience being able to do that where Cthulhu wasn't something that you're just running away from constantly, but that in this game, you're going to be able to face him head on, shotgun in hand. And so it's so interesting to think through, okay, here's the moment, here's the experience I'm trying to build up to and then create a game and the, the theming and the mechanics and everything leading up to that idea. So th that's an interesting uh, thing, right? I mean, um, uh, in, in these kind of themes work in the US and the Europe, right? I mean, but in India, um, we were wondering, okay, so we've designed this game. How are we going to uh, check how the people react to uh, some particular, uh, you know, actions in the game? How do they react to a particular event in the game? So, um, thank God, the, the board gaming community is growing in such a way that there are meetups that are happening weekend every weekend at cafes and stuff like that. So you have like, uh, you know, a big pool of people who are willing to uh, play test your game. So it's really fantastic. I mean, I think India is at a kind of a cusp right now where uh, it's, it's they're waking up to the whole uh, a wave of board games and they're realizing how cool and engaging these games are. Each one of them has a story and it's basically we are selling stories through our games, right? So that has a hook and they're slowly realizing it's such a fantastic thing to bond with families and friends, especially during this lockdown. Uh, people are spending a lot more time with their families and board games are coming out of their shelves and keeping them engaged. Yeah, definitely. All right, I want to work through some of your other games that you have been working on and publishing. And then yeah. just kind of tell me your process for figuring out your, your target audience, your target uh, gamer for these. So tell me about Chariots of Chandragupta. <laughs> so Chariots of Chandragupta was a very fascinating, uh, uh, you know, it has this. So uh, let me tell you the backstory, why we started Chariots of Chandragupta. So when we started Yuddha Bhumi, when we, when we published Yuddha Bhumi, we had to make two variations of the game. Uh, because we realized there were two demographics which were playing the game, you know. So there was like uh, uh, four-year-olds to eight-year-olds who were playing the game. And at the same time, we had 18-year-olds to 36-year-olds playing the game. And they wanted more complexity. So we made two variations. And then Yudhapumi was a very aggressive game, right? Because it's war and you're like trying to eliminate, wipe out the opponent and things like that. But at the same time, we were like, hey, I think we should make a passive aggressive game, right? And one day I just made a small chariot racing game with my son. You know, we just made like, you know, there's this chariot and you have, they have all these obstacles on the track and you have to go about it. And that's when I realized chariots have been in Indian history and all our uh, folk stories all the time. And then we started researching about it. Then we stumbled upon this article. Uh, uh, on one of the history uh, Wikipedias, uh, that Chandragupta in 300 BCE, he actually had 8,000 chariots in his uh, army and he had both male and female riders. I was like, this is so brilliant. Why didn't, why didn't we learn about this in school, you know? So I was like, okay, let's make a game out of it where we are telling the story that, you know, chariot racing was where you test the horse's strength and you're training them for, you know, you're, you're testing their grit on the battlefield. So you have these racing matches and people would come from across the world. I mean, sorry, up across the country from the villages and all of that to watch these really uh, celebrated races. And that was the, uh, you know, backstory. And the game is like, you know, we wanted to bring in that repeat uh, replayability. So what we did was the track is custom built. You can build it however you want. And the artwork for the game is just beautiful. It's by this artist, uh, Fabian. He's my friend of, uh, he's a friend of mine. Um, so it's like, you know, 
we wanted to make that person feel like they are in that era where the markets you know you can see the markets around you the forests around the villages the farmland and stuff like that and transport you to 300 BCE so that was the whole intention and it got really popular because people took it you know we just in our minds we thought okay let's make a custom track but we didn't realize indians love puzzles and they took it like a challenge to make the most complex track out of using all the tiles in the game so we actually provide around 12 or 13 tracks and there were people who were challenging you know themselves to use all of them to build a track and stuff like that and play it make videos about it we are, i mean it, it just got very popular and we are so happy and uh, the most important thing is every child can relate to the theme so when you say chandragupta he is like one of the uh, biggest uh, kings in in our history like he he almost conquered half of asia you know during his time and uh, we've all heard about him we've seen tv shows about him so why not make it and there is a close thematic uh, you know presence in the entire game Let, let's do it so that was the whole origin for that very cool and it sounds like you're also coming at a very interesting angle of basically creating things that indians can be proud of or right. the indians can engage with more than just okay we're always we're, we're always importing from other places no like this is this is our history our ideas our you know uh, characters from our stories and things like that and that's another really interesting angle to think about from game design is you know what what cultures can you pull from and, and not not to make money off of it you know not to make it just a product that you're trying to get rich off of but actually making something that 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 culture would be proud of that it would exactly. be uh, excited about right right so that's a very interesting point that you brought up so it's not just about creating content concepts because we have a ton of content uh, you know at our disposal right now but it's about you know everybody comes up with an idea and a concept right but very very few people in india can actually you know have have the passion to take that from a concept an idea to uh, uh, you know to the end of the product where you actually see that product or the game in the hands of a customer and get that first feedback right that whole process doing that in india was actually a big challenge um whether it's finding uh, you know themes and concepts was easy but how can we gamify it how can what kind of game mechanisms should we put in should we make it too complex should we make it too simple you know uh, those those were the things so we had to play test it all the time and then after we play tested uh, since all of these guys had exposure to uh, modern games like you know splendor seven wonders they've seen the artwork they've seen the game mechanisms they know how complex uh, the game can vary Um, and and they wanted something like that so we had to cater to all of this wish list of theirs you know so i mean obviously you can't uh, cater to all of them but yeah we tried uh, releasing a new product which caters to one particular game mechanism and makes that game mechanism a hero uh, where you know you think of that game mechanism you should be relating it to the game it's like how you think of business you think about monopoly right so that that was something that we were working on and how we can create ip around a game so you might have thought about this right like for example um when mario came out uh i don't think we saw a lot of merchandise around it right i mean i don't know how it was in the us but uh most of the merch and stuff that used to come out was basically pop culture uh, themes like you know movies and comics and stuff so we were we're actually working towards that aspect as well that can we create an ip where people will relate to the characters in the game and stuff like that and uh also at the same time uh you know i mean that i can keep going on there's so much of opportunity that's that's all i can say i mean india is just waking up to this and and uh, we have a long way to go yeah very cool and i want to talk a little bit more about the potential of india in, in just a little bit but right now let's let's keep going through some of your games so tell me about indus mm-hmm. and kind of the back story and the target market and kind of how you figured all that out for that game Yeah so uh we were playing uh, a lot of these history based themes one day uh back to back and uh, uh one day morning I, uh you know I got up with this idea that hey we have this Indus Valley civilization and we've read about it in school why don't we make a civilization building game and i just posted it in one of our game design communities that we built uh, in the last two years and uh, you know something led to the other and one of the game designers his name is amit gadge 
he had visited one of the cities which belonged to that civilization and it's still there intact in india so he shared he started sharing pictures and all of that and you know we were both like super thrilled about it and we started brainstorming over the phone and then we thought of okay what can we do we uh, let's let's build a civilization let's bring in all these things calamities that can happen that can you know nobody knows how the civilization ended so you know we had a lot of uh, uh, creative thoughts about it and we kind of uh, brought in a lot of complexity as well you know like indus was a big river in india which would flood time to time so you know we had to bring in all of that and the design as well so it's so beautiful i mean you won't believe it like indus is such an intriguing topic in india any child any person will just be fascinated their imagination goes wild right because they had a script but we can't read it they had buildings they had you know wooden uh, uh, you won't i mean in that era like 3000 bc they had like multi storied buildings so we were like what <laughs> you know so we wanted to bring in those aspects and where we read about you know how the sewage system was they had a bathhouse they had a granary blah 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 about indus valley civilization what if you built your own city so that was the uh, back story for the game and uh, we just launched it uh, i mean we just announced uh, about the game 2 3 days back uh, when we turned 2 recently and people went crazy they were like when can we buy it when is it coming out and uh, you know that's the, that's the kind of enthusiasm we we were expecting and we are so happy and excited about it so the game is going to be launched in another 10 days we're very very excited about it and the best part is is completely made in india yeah that's that's really awesome uh let's move on to the next one my bot bites tell me what you think about that one because that's got a totally different theme than what you've done yes. prior and different art styles so kind of help me understand your your thinking as far as target gamers there right so so again the first thing that comes to your mind when you say india right are people who are in the it uh, services business right i mean you you find it guys who are indians all over the world um that so basically nerds have always been there in india right they love analytical logical uh, things like you know building flowcharts building algorithms and stuff like that and then i realized coding is such a fun thing like especially like for example you're you're controlling a remote control car right that's basic things are like you move it forward you take it left and take it right but once you turn the car right the right of the car is not the right right i mean it kind of uh, mirrors and stuff like that so if you uh, you know like for example uh, telling a person clockwise and anti clockwise it takes some time for them to realize what is right and what is left and if you turn left when you are left so you know it was a fun thing when we prototyped the game and saw the people playing and how they were uh, engaging uh, with the code that they just built and it was hilarious so indians love coding software it's in our blood we're being taught about it from when we are children and okay let's build a fun game where you know there's a, a scientist lab and a robot is like roaming around trying to find its spare parts so <laughs> you're guiding it and the controller is going mad it's throwing random codes at you and you have to figure out how to make sense out of it so it was it was a fun game um, when we prototyped it it was you know uh, it, it, the all age groups enjoyed it so we're like okay this is fantastic let's go uh, ahead with it and the artwork again is going to be adorable uh it's by another indian artist so we're really looking forward to it i mean it's it's something which uh, a lot of people are looking out for as well right and it's another interesting thing to think about as far as stereotypes and, and like what does it mean to kind of lean into a stereotype not in a negative way not in a demeaning or or making fun of somebody but just realizing okay what what do people like and then how do we kind of create games or create experiences for for them and i think it's another really really interesting just thing to, to ponder through as far as your target market your target gamer is, is just kind of leaning into maybe some of the stereotypes about right. them because there's probably a little bit of truth to the yeah. stereotype in the end right yeah so that's a fantastic point that you brought up stereotype i mean india is like the land of stereotypes right um so we have like so many states so many people who come from different states they have their own accents they have their own languages right so there's a lot of uh, things that barriers like this right so when we designed a game we wanted to break a couple of stereotypes one stereotype being 
board games is for children so we had to break that second stereotype being it's a a board game is generally for intelligent people people with a high iq should play the game and the third stereotype which was really sad was that if a woman won the game it would be like how how did this happen it's like you know gaming was always a guys thing you know whether it's uh, video games or playing on the xbox or ps3 or whatever ps4 or whatever right it was always a guy thing so uh, there was some stereotypes that we had to really break and uh, it, it's really fascinating and the most important thing is india right now is uh, you know the culture is changing uh, they're becoming a lot more open they're becoming you know um, uh, 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 they celebrate equality a lot so that's that actually you know we started using that to our advantage and we created all our games gender equal so there is always uh, equal representation of male and female characters and both are equally powerful and things like that so that but i think that was one of the things which really pulled the gen z and the millennial crowd um also having said that uh, a lot of families in india they uh, live together so you can't design a game which can be played only by the kids or by the teenagers in the family so if you have to involve all the members in the family because you know uh, uh, the families here are like on an average four plus four to five members in in the family and you know you want to sit with your grandmother and play while your parents are working or, or you know they're on meetings or calls or stuff like that so we wanted to make the teach and the learning curve so short and at the same time fun and at the same time an old uh, person can relate to it and a young person can relate to it and have fun together so that was some uh, one of the stereotypes that is from the customer perspective the other stereotype that we had to break was as soon as they say we are an indian toy and games company the first thing that comes to their mind is like oh okay you make these ancient games right or it would be like oh do you use wooden uh, components in your game like you know they're referring to these wooden toys that uh, you get in this part of the country and that stereotype had to be broken that hey wait there can be an indian company which can make innovative products you know like how us is proud of apple and microsoft india can do epic stuff as well so uh, yeah we are we are slowly communicating and communication is the only way to break the stereotypes yeah that's awesome and i love that that's kind of your mission that you're really trying to get out there and break these different stereotypes through games i think it's a really really cool mission uh, right. the next one and this is the last one that we'll, we'll talk about before we get into kind of the bigger picture of indian publishing and and whatnot uh, yeah. This is actually a product near and dear to my heart. This is your uh, game design kit. And so tell me about the the kit. And, you know, we talked before the show and you given the backstory. And it's really cool kind of how, you know, game design is growing in India. So tell me about it. So uh, there was a very fascinating shift that happened in the last one year. Uh, we started collecting, uh, you know, anybody and everybody who were into designing a board game. They might have just designed a simple game, which is, you know, a layer about scrabble or you're using uno components to make a game which is word building you know there were some really creative uh, concepts that were floating around so we started uh, you know putting all of them in under one umbrella and we we created something called the game design lab and it's a small community which is growing rapidly right now and the reason being people have a place to be part of you know they have a community to be part of now so there are a lot of people who are graduated from design schools uh, there are uh, you know children who are so creative now they're coming up with so many game designs you know starting from the age of 7 we've seen people contacting us with their games you know so the biggest limitation that they have is if they want to create a game from scratch they need card stock where do you go for card stock right you want uh the round tokens you want bigger circular tokens you want square tokens rectangular tokens hexagon tiles so where do you go to uh, get all of these where do you go for a normal bifold board so we decided you know to make a small simple kit where you have all these components and plenty of these components so even if you goof up you can throw it and just you know use another one you know we've, uh we've we've given ample amount of components and they can always buy the next set from us and the thing is a lot of auxiliary 
uh, 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 what do you say, the markets around where you want a dice, you can order dice, you want pawns, you can order the player pawns. So all of these things are there. But this particular material of card that you need, it needs to be that card quality, you know what I mean, right? With the rounded edges and that beautiful card stock, which has that stiffness and all of that. So uh, that's the reason we created this kit and it became so popular now. Uh, students in uh, design schools uh, are, are a big market for it. Children are a big market who want to do, you know, who are thrilled about DIY kits. And at the same time, people who just want to prototype their games, you know. So it, it's it's something that I always wanted. So we just decided to do it and then realized there's a huge market for it. Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited just to see how how many people can get that kit in their hands and then start yeah. designing games. Obviously, that's something I'm pretty passionate about. And this is actually something I've been working on uh, as well. I've got a board game design starter kit that uh, is coming out here pretty soon. going to hit Kickstarter here uh, fairly soon. And there's another thing is like, okay, what, what do people want? Thinking through the target market, target audience, what does someone who just got into game design, they literally just step you know, foot in the door yeah. and like, what do they need? You know, mm-hmm. and what kind of little uh, booklet stuff would they want to read about as far as prototyping and playtesting and all the different things right. that kind of a design 101 right. idea. So they're not having to just go in there and steal all the cubes out of pandemic, you know, and not, not have to go and figure out well, where do I start? Where do I get these things? How do I exactly. find the right stuff? Uh, and so, yeah, just thinking through, all right, what, what did I wish I had, you know, all those years ago when I first started designing, what do I wish was in a box and what do people wish was in a box now? And what does that look like? And just thinking through exactly what that target audience would want. And I it's- think that would be fantastic, you know, if uh, if if there's a guide to tell the kids or or the parents or the game designers what are the best practices out there. And and your book, I've seen them, uh, the, all the books that you published, they're fantastic. So I think that's a great starting point. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and th- you're you're right on point. It's like okay, here. Here's everything you need to know, not just the components, but also here's a booklet that has step one, step two, step three. Here's the best practices as far as prototyping. You know, don't don't write on uh, this or that, like use dry erase or, you know, like all the different things that kind of go along with things yeah. you wish you knew, you know, years ago that now you can kind of pass on that information now. And it's just been a really exciting project to work on. I can't wait to uh, get it out. That's awesome. Yeah, we should do this. Let's collaborate. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. That's something we were talking about, uh, you know, before we started recording, uh, just for the listeners' sake, is how can we collaborate? How can we work together to make sure designers in India have everything that they need to just be awesome getting in, you know, basically start off further along the path than we did whenever we got started, right? How can we kind of prop them up uh, right. to, to stand on our shoulders, so right. to speak? So I'm really excited to, to figure out how you and I can collaborate uh, on, on these kinds of things. Yeah. Yes. All right. So switching gears a little bit, mm-hmm. let's talk about... Okay, thinking about the constraints, right? That's one thing you, you mentioned before is like, okay, we're wanting to do everything in India uh, mm-hmm. as far as publishing and printing and things like that. So tell me how, you know, that affects your early design process of having to think through, okay, what do we have access to? What is available? Tell me about that side of things. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at the typical uh, life cycle of a game, right? I mean, you start off with the concept and everything. And once you have some sort of a design in your head, the first thing that you want to do is find an artist to take it to the next level, right? Give it give it some kind of a personality. And uh, at the same time, you also want to know, can it be made in India? You know, can is there, vent, are there vendors around? Do you have to import stuff? You know, importing in India is not a... Uh, affordable uh, uh, privilege so it was something that um, we were wondering about and uh, that this this is pretty much the life cycle of our company as well you know the first initial stages initial uh, days of our uh, company uh, setting it up was like trying to understand is there an ecosystem built here can i find artists can i find 3d modelers can i find uh, you know someone who can uh, kind of add that another layer of storytelling to your rule book, right? So uh, it was something that we were trying to analyze. And then we realized there are vendors. They're not many. They're not as many as there are in China, which is the next other con- uh, the country where it's known for manufacturing all the goods. Then we realized pockets of India has strengths in them, right? Like, for example, uh, there are pockets in India which, uh, which have specialized in plastic uh, components. And India has always been a place for uh, cardboard products like packaging for soaps and uh, 
you know fmcg products and all of that stuff and i was like okay it's not a big deal so they're good at printing they're good at sourcing material they're good at punching out stuff and you know all of the, the nailing the colors the glossy finish and all of that stuff and at the same time there are design graduates graduating out of these schools every day and these guys have no avenue to you know to try out uh, to kind of uh, let their creativity be used in some way so it was really interesting so over the last two years we re- we have understood that there is a huge ecosystem in india whether it's for production or for uh, generating art for your game or you know just to uh, refine the english in your rule books so it was really uh, interesting but having said that it's not easy to find them so there is a lot of uh, hunting down to do so as i was saying uh, earlier india you can imagine china 30 years ago right so basically we are still figuring out the infrastructure required for uh, mass production of something or uh, sourcing a particular material right so that that was something which is still a challenge even now uh, you know uh, especially simple things like a dice right there are not many manufacturers in india who even understand how to make a dice that it has to be balanced it shouldn't be you know like if you roll it shouldn't be uh, rolling a 6 all the time right so uh, there was a lot of uh, engineering bit that it was literally like reinventing the wheel you know we were like going again and explaining this is the thing and again from the infrastructure perspective you design something assume you design something in illustrator or or photoshop or uh or you design something in a 3d software like uh, uh you know maya or whatever those files have to be read by these manufacturers right and these guys don't even have the computers to open the files that we send them so the it was like you know I had to educate them about so many things uh, though they already know it in another form but you know the terminology that you typically use uh in a uh, you know like for example the texture and uh, matte finish and you know glossy finish or or spot lamination all of these things they or or even the material the cardboard that you use oh here in india it's called a kappa board <laughs> and this term is not used anywhere in the world so if anybody comes to you and says hey i want this board to be 2 mm thick and you have to use this particular uh, card stock which is a gray material with uh, 1200 gsm or whatever right over here if you tell that no manufacturer will understand you so you had to like bring it down to and and talk to them in their language so it was very interesting i mean it was a huge learning curve for us and but luckily uh we have found vendors at a very close proximity which is helping us a lot right and something for any designer to think about no matter where you know you're going to have your games made is the cost and the the constraints that you have based on how much you're going to charge for your game. So another thing to think about with your right. target market, your target audience is yeah. how much are they willing to pay for your game? Because if they're willing to pay 20 and based on the manufacturing cost you have to charge 30, then that's a problem. Yes. Right? And so, you know, just again it goes back to just because you can doesn't mean you should. So it might be like, "Oh, we can put metal coins or we can put all these miniatures or whatever in the box." It's like, "Yeah, but but should you based on what your target customer really wants? Is that exactly. is that extra component, you know, the extra weight, the extra cost?" really going to be worth it shipping uh, are you really going to be yeah shipping absolutely are you really going to be able to charge the extra yeah. or is the customer going to go no nah, this is too expensive so it's just something to think about when you're really thinking through the early design stages actually one of the biggest uh, challenges for us as well because in india when you tell a family that uh, you know we are a board game design company the first thing that comes to their mind is ludo or snakes and ladders or monopoly or chess or life you know so uh, that's when we realized uh, you know the cost of these games that they are familiar with range from 200 rupees to 600 rupees right and actually they uh, there are some versions of the game which are available for less than 100 rupees or less than a dollar so if we launched a game and it costed 1000 rupees to make that's close to 15 dollars they they would think twice they'd be like what is that amazing thing that i'm going to get out of this game that the normal uh, that the the game just down the street in a store uh, you know uh, the experience that that game would give me what is that amazing magical thing that you have in your game so you know that was actually a very tricky thing uh, the value proposition for every product 
uh it was it was something that we had to learn over the you know lot of iterations and then and now i think we've nailed the value proposition for each of these games right and that, that honestly as a company as a publisher as a business that's probably maybe the most important thing to really think about early on is like how much stuff is going to go in this box how much can i charge for it because right. if the value proposition is off then you're not going to sell the game very many times you exactly. know and so I, yeah, I think that's definitely some, you know, people listening to this episode really think through when you're figuring out your target customer, target gamer, right, is the cost, like, what are they willing to pay? Because you go on Kickstarter, and you see so many beautiful, amazing games full of miniatures that are about $100. Yes. Right. And so if you want to come in and charge $150, well, you're, you're fighting against the market right now, because what you, people are used to paying. Exactly. And so you have to really you almost have to add $200 worth of value to get them to pay $150 because it's so not the norm. People are used to paying around 90 or a hundred dollars. And so it's just right. something to really take into account. Right. So actually that's an interesting thing. I mean, we, since we're talking about publishing, um, you know, I mean, as you mentioned that we are the only publisher in India, right? So what that actually means is not that uh, you know, there are, there are no, there is no other company in India who makes their own games. They make their own games. They publish their own games, but there is no publisher who talks to a designer, you know, gives them the equal rights and a share and a royalty, you know, that building that contract, all that. It, it was like, you know, something completely new. I mean, we, we started experimenting with this and uh, we wanted to take uh, this to the next level where we actually talk to another designer because there's such amazing games designed there, you know, and so many Indian game designers that we're talking to, so, so passionate, attention to detail is mad with those games. And I was like, okay, why don't we give them an opportunity while, you know, like for example, these game designers are sitting with their game for the last four or five years and they don't know how to proceed you know they're like they don't know who to contact to how to go about it and all of that so we were like okay let's run a contest so I, we ran a contest where uh, we asked all the indian game designers to pitch their games to us and we got like quite a lot of games ranging from everything you know there were some uh, euro game concepts in it as well and some india centric games and uh, we shortlisted a few things which uh, you know we would like to have in our portfolio and uh, we opened it up to voting. We got like 1,500 votes, you know, it was crazy. And people were voting for different, different themes, one on trade, uh, you know, the, how the trade was uh, in India, one on, on Bollywood, uh, where you're a director and you're building a movie and you're trying to, uh, it's a set collection of getting uh, the right actors and right scenes onto the, in the movie to make it a successful hit. So it was like, you know, there's so many concepts in the game. Um, I was like blown away with it. So now is the next question, right? How can you build an ecosystem where the game designers benefit, where a publisher benefits in such a way that we don't have to, re uh, re uh, you know, come up with a concept or a theme, which is because this guy has already figured that out. He's play tested it out. And all that he needs is a little tweak and he just needs that small push, right? He or she just needs that small push to get it into the market. And we have figured out the whole value chain. So why not help? And this is the first thing that we were doing right now. So uh, we have partnered with a, a genius game designer. His name is Amit Gadge, probably the only Indian artist who works on Kickstarter projects. And he's worked on like 25 projects uh, uh, till now. And the artwork and gameplays and concepts. So he knows the, uh, you know, the run of the meal when it comes to designing a game and what is the content you need and stuff. So that was like a powerful combination, right? We are like here sitting there, uh, sitting here in Bangalore, super passionate and trying to figure out the entire uh, 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 ecosystem, you know, sales, marketing and all of it. And there's this guy who's, uh, you know, who's got that much of uh, experience, who's a great artist and everything. What if... You know, we come together, the synergies are massive. So that's what's happening right now. Very excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, you've, you've talked a lot, both to me, just personally, and then also on the show about the potential of India. Tell me where you think things are, are headed just in general. I mean, you, we talked before, you've got over a billion people, you know, <laughs> that, that's your potential uh, market. You've got 500 million people in the middle class. I mean, there's just so much potential there. So tell me about how, how things are going to go forward or what you're projecting, what you're hoping for, and then also how that's going to play into the games that you design and, and really right. thinking through that target audience. 
Right. So that's very interesting. I mean, uh, you can look at it from multiple dimensions, right? So one is uh, the economy as us, uh, as is, right? I mean, like, for example, uh, import duty in India was bumped up 200% uh, a few months ago. So why would you import stuff, right? And uh, there was a whole uh, red tapeism uh, to that, like, you know, you have to get it tested and uh, the, you have to get a test certificate for it. Only then you can sell it. So there was crores, I mean, millions of millions of uh, rupees worth uh, stock stuck at customs because of this rule. That changed a lot of things. And second thing was because of this COVID, coronavirus and all that that again uh, cut off the connection with china for importing uh, products so now all the indian distributors who used to import uh, products you know they're suddenly like hey wait let's look at local people and local content that we can actually push so that has given rise to a, a very interesting deals in the uh, recent time uh, where you know you're collaborating on uh, royalty uh, you know trying to share ip and uh, distribution rights and stuff like that and at the same time uh, the purchasing power of every indian is rising it's increasing people are chilling at malls you know they're earning quite a lot now and the basket sizes have increased from something which was non-existent to now they're willing to spend up to 1,500 to 2,000 rupees on a game without blinking, right? So a lot of things like that uh, were happening. And the middle class, if you just look at the middle class families, it's a huge population. And and there are no, uh, you know, vendors who are providing them with games or toys or anything like that. So that's a huge, huge, huge market. And... uh, one of the major advantages that we are having right now is the manufacturing capabilities in India is amazing and it's very cheap. It's one uh, sixth of uh, getting it done in China. So that was like blew our minds. So we were like, okay, if we can get a, a plastic mold for a minifigure done for just 18,000 rupees, that's like, you know, a little over uh, $100, $150. We're like, okay, why not? You know, so that, that was amazing. And all of these things are right there in front of us and we have a huge market inside india outside india the huge indian population who love indian concepts so we were like okay there is a market there is a demand what is lacking is supply so let's work on that so that's the reason uh, we're so excited about the market as well very cool well pagun this has been awesome man do you have any closing thoughts anything you want to leave listeners with any kind of final thoughts as far as designing for a specific audience in mind um yeah so uh, there are a couple of things that i actually want to share and since it's a global audience who's listening to this um we've always asked international publishers why they don't bring their games to india and they always felt that india is a very tough market to enter because it's culturally thick and language barrier and things like that so i just want all the publishers to know that that is not a barrier at all in india there's a huge english speaking population and the very you know they have exposure to a lot of content online the internet is like you know easily available all over the country so exposure wise communication wise and content wise as well you can actually be free in entering india so that's it helps both ways one being it will help if more players are uh, coming in who are you know uh, into the board game business it's just going to grow this community and the market as is you know they're going to get exposure they're going to look out for more stories look out for more games and stuff like that so it'll help this board game uh, as a market grow and it'll also help us, uh, you know, who are publishers to push the products into the market. Right. And that's definitely something to uh, to think about for businesses, for no matter what industry you're in, uh, as, as the relationship between the U.S. and Europe and China uh, mm-hmm. maybe gets a little rockier, you know, over the next however long. We'll, we'll kind of see there's a lot of stuff going on just internationally yep. with relationships. And so maybe India is a great alternative. For yes. people to get in and, and publish not only games but you know all, all sorts of different products and uh, yeah, so yeah it'll be interesting to... as well right i mean we can help uh with manufacturing yeah. and stuff yeah absolutely well Pagun, really appreciate your time really appreciate you coming on the show uh, i'm really excited to see how your company just evolves and grows and just uh, brings really amazing products to Thank the you. indian market so good luck with that and everything else you got going on right now 
thank you so much i mean really grateful to be part of this and uh, you know i've been a big fan of all your podcasts i've heard to probably 300 or 400 hours of your podcast and uh, just keep going keep, just keep doing this i mean you're doing a fantastic job you're helping a huge huge design community in india uh, probably you might not know this but uh, there are a lot of followers here Awesome. I really appreciate that. And that's, that's good to know. It's really good to find out. And again, you know, I'm glad that we can hopefully work on yes. uh, maybe some design projects, some co- collaboration coming yep. up, uh, you, know, you and I. And so that, that's awesome. Super cool. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good day. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?